Hello guys and welcome to my latest podcast. It's from You Who Did Lives. And today I'm coming back to you after a while. And in regards to a trip I went to, just uh, came back from it yesterday, Paris 22. And um, the things that are weighing heavily on my mind. So um, initially I wasn't um, intrigued in going to Paris because of the whole like it just didn't sit well with me and um it's a whole colonial thing really um you know we're still like don't care what anyone says it's still a thing although people choose to ignore it um it wouldn't not be a thing if say countries like Haiti is still paying back reparations to countries like France and so on and so forth like this thing goes on to this day and people are still benefiting from it so, um, yeah, I wasn't initially sitting right with it and, you know, perhaps I shouldn't have gone. And I don't know, I did enjoy it. But then again, <laughs> this is a thing with your instincts. You have to listen to them. Although you do have to listen to them. You have to be mindful that you may need to discover something. But honestly, when it comes to your safety, safety and everything else, you should just listen. So, um I was like, me, because I'm very open-minded, I was like, well, although I do feel this way, um, it's good to learn about things and see them for myself, not just, like, hear about them and stuff. So um, that's what I wanted to do. Um, so I'm just going to go into it, really. Um, so we, my sister and I, we went to Paris, and obviously I've heard stories from, like, um, from people who I've worked with, melanated people who've come from uh, France to find work because they experience um, discrimination within the workplace of finding jobs. And that is something I actually, by being in France, I did um, actually see with my own eyes. In And I'm going to say this was in Paris. I had not seen other areas, although this could be prevalent in other areas. So, for instance, when doing jobs such as, like, you know, you have cleaning, hotel staff, customer service representatives. I had found that this was prevalent within the black community. I did not see no Caucasian faces hardly doing these jobs. And I did notice, it was very noticeable. And when we arrived in Paris, the first thing, one of the first things that we were told by the taxi drivers that he had to take um, um, this company's working for two court because of that reason he had um, achieved a postgraduate degree and he was uh, ready to apply for a role and it was promised to him or something and he didn't get the role I had all the qualifications and you know I've heard this story so many times in England so I, I know all about this kind of thing and I have some of my own experiences which I could share as well but he actually managed to take them to court and he won. So I just want to reiterate that when it comes to taking people to court, just just do it. Because honestly, sometimes it's the only way. Unless you can think of other ways, it's fine. But um, if you've done what you needed to do, you've, you've reached out, you've um, tried to address the situation and they're not doing anything, just take them to court. Because I can say... From my personal experience that I have, um, you know, I've taken, I've tried to take, um, you know, big housing company to court 
and and you know i um me saying i'm gonna threaten you with legal action it really they just overlook it and you know nothing really happens and stuff but um yeah when you actually do it they they kind of get shook they've got get sugar and you just have to keep going at it for me i realized i'm a fighter so i will keep fighting um yeah so that that's what um that's what i heard from him but yeah, I just want to say, if you ever need to, you know, get something sorted, don't be ever be afraid to take people to court. Just do it. Just do it. Don't let anyone or any company feel that you cannot, um, you you're below them or whatever because you, you that's how I don't know society views you, you and you end up believing that. No, we all have rights. We all have um, reasons to be here. So we gotta do what we need to do because like um this youtuber tropical tropical juice was saying he's having burnout because of these things like and i get the burnout situation which i will go on to later on so another thing that happened was um we experienced a lot of beggars where we were i mean that's um something i i see around so Someone I can't even speak. I've seen around in like Luton in London where I live now, and I see these things. And um the only difference between these beggars they weren't um just approaching like me and like my sister and I, they were approaching everyone else. Um however at first it started with my sister and then um I said, Oh that you know, I guess I didn't turn like I said to her, Oh, you know, they they're coming up to you a lot and this was like on the first day and it is it's quite um a thing there and you know my sister was practicing her french and stuff because she did it at school and this was her first time well second time going to france properly and um i'm just like no thank you no 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 but i know you have to keep saying it and it was very frequent and like honestly like i i would love to help these people i do not know like what the reason for their begging because it could be for anything you know you just don't know and like obviously if i had food to donate i would happily give away the food because food is food and everyone needs food however money comes and goes um yeah so with that i did find that was a thing and it became quite a thing throughout the week as well every time we'd step out the hotel and um something else happened yesterday which kind of like was like the last straw for me i was um it's it's not so much the begging it's the level of respect and knowing and that we're a tourist we're tourists it's very obvious i mean try and dress down and stuff but it doesn't quite work because they just know and for instance, when we was out, we sat eating breakfast and there was a glass window next door to me, I was just like minding my own business as I usually do. And then we had a case of this guy coming up to the window and it was like, whoa, whoa, it was, kind of, it was creepy. And he was like leaving a paper on the floor and he's right by me through the window and he's like trying to attack the, not attack the window, but get my attention. and. 
I don't know how thin these windows are. I'm sure they're pretty strong, but you know, windows can be broken and stuff. And it was, it was, um, he was quite traumatized because I was trying to eat and he was like, you know, trying to get to me. And I was just like, I'm, I'm sick of, at that point, I was really sick and tired of like being in the presence of like weird behavior because that was probably the third thing that had happened. And I'm I'm saying it back to front because I'm trying to give context. So this was the third thing that struck me off. And the reason why it struck me off, because the first thing that happened when I went there, um, this was on the Wednesday when we went to the Louvre. Um, so we were we went just came up from the market, my sister was looking and we want she wanted to take some photos across the road and then um we were going to sit on the bench and was like, Oh, should how do we cross the road? And then this guy was like, oh, yeah, um, it's speaking in, like, broken French and whatever. And he's like, do you want to cross the road there? And then, um, yeah, he he was trying to be helpful and stuff. But um, what I didn't realise at the time that when he shook my sister's hand, he didn't let go and things like that. And uh, I... I didn't see this happening at the time and I did say, you know, I wish you'd have told me because like um I was sat down I ended up sitting down waiting at the bench and he sat ended up sitting with me and then tried to like hold on to my arm and then hold my hands and stuff and I was like, I don't want to hold your hands, I don't know you and it's like you're married in broken English, Spanish and I was like, no, I'm not. And he was just trying to get closer and he tried to kiss me and then he tried to touch my chest when he was leaving. And I was like, you know what? I didn't come here for this. And I'm just, oh, I just, I don't know. I'm just sick of these things happening. But I guess, you know, this is the first incident that happened um, that was quite, too, you know, it was too much for me. And then I just ran and I went to get my sister. And I guess this is why my dad was like, no, you should, you two have to stay together at all times. But I notice these things tend to happen. It's just us or just me. And there's no man around, no man present to be like, no, don't, not even to be like, but just to have that presence. And as a like female tourist, it's uh, very it's hard because you want to go out, you want to explore the world. However, it's, 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 um, you come across these things. I mean, I, if anyone knows of any ways I could have avoided these weird situations, I will happily, um, let you, I would happily listen to this. Now, the second thing that happened, um, it was the day after, the previous incident um well it was a really cool day actually to begin with because we went to I guess what we call Mayfair in um, Paris their kind of Mayfair um I don't know the name of the area it's slipped my mind but they have like all the luxury stores there and stuff and unlike in England um did feel like more welcome to go in those stores and with me my mindset is like you shouldn't feel that because of you know, you you think you're in a certain class of whatever, you're above someone else or because you, you're deemed working class or 
or something, you shouldn't be allowed in those shops. I don't feel that it should be the need. I mean, we we decide what we want to do. We shouldn't have no barriers. I know, you know, sometimes that's not the reality, but if we can think it, we can dream it, we can do it. So um, my mindset is, like, I can go in these shops and not have no one look at me funny or be uh, discriminatory towards me. Um, obviously, I have been to France in the past, and in, I went to south of France, went to Nice to be specific, and I did experience um, some form of, like, I'd say just racism, I guess discriminatory behaviour um this happened twice actually um when I was in Sephora I would call you out Sephora and Nice and um this was when I was in another touristy type shop I was um in the tourist shop I was being followed around um I think it was like an Arab guy he was following me around and then in the um in the Sephora shop was some Caucasian women they were working there it's like boots so it's like why are you watching me kind of thing you should be focusing on the makeup whatever I was just at the time you know uh Rihanna had just released uh Fenty Beauty and stuff like a few months prior and I was just looking because I wanted to buy something and I just felt like you know they actually did they kept looking up a lot all the time at me and it's like the shop was empty, so I don't know what the issue was. But, like, in England, you don't really have time for that. Like, I've worked in Westfield and Stratford. You don't have the time to be watching, watching um, customers like that. And then I was like, I'll never go back to that place again. But once again, it was me on my own. Had I been with someone else or another girl or another guy, I don't know if that would have happened, but it probably would because unfortunately I do seem to attract attention I do not ask for and I do try and learn from these situations however it's becoming a point where it's it's a thing that's reoccurring and I don't know how to control it I cannot just stay in my house and you know be a hermit that would probably save me from that but it wouldn't save me mentally and yeah, so going back to the trip, um, I did actually, yeah, we did walk around the stores and at this time my sister wasn't sure that she wanted to go into them because she felt like, you know, she'd get discriminated. I said, you know what, we have to have this mindset that we're not going to get discriminated. We have a right to be here and we should go in any shop we want to, regardless of what others feel. I know it's easier said than done, but I realise now, like, you know, you have to have this mindset, otherwise, you know, and you can't be negative about it because things will happen. And even when you're not negative, you know, things happen anyway, but we cannot control everything. So the only thing we can do is try. And um, uh, she did mention she did have a great experience in London when we went to Burberry shop. But however, in London, I find that the security tends to be quite rude and you know, people just, I think people are miserable when they're doing their jobs. It doesn't matter what job it is, people just don't like doing their jobs. And I have to say about France, people are enthusiastic about their jobs. They're not rude to you. They're happy to help you when you ask for a question. Like ask a question. And I will give it that. 
Um, however, in England, I generally don't, like, I always feel like, oh, can I ask that person? Like, are they going to get fed up with me? You know, like, things like that. And um, I do I do notice that here. Um, and I get it because people are tired of being paid minimum wage and stuff and going on to another job it, or they're getting disrespected or something. It's just not fair here. And people assume that it is in England. It's really not unless you, you look a certain way or whatever, or you've just been lucky, you've born into wealth or, you know, I'm not saying that there's no way to improve your life, but as, you know, Cam from Topical Juice was saying, it's hard because there are so many barriers and you are trying to overcome so many and there's more in front of you. And it's like, well, you know, what do I do at this point, you know? And and I'm and you have to keep positive because if you don't, that's when you end up in that hole again. The hole I call it the dark hole where you just sit there and you just look up and you're like, shoot, what's what is my life? I hate everything. And I've been in that dark hole many, many times and I don't want to ever go back to it. So this is why I preach positivity because it actually helps. Well, we can go on to that another podcast. Um, yeah, so uh, I said, you know, we're going to Dior. We're going to walk. we went to the Dior Museum. We went to the East Saint Laurent Museum as well. Um, they were good as well. Um, I were, my sister did say to me, like, you know, why are we the only like melanated people in this building? And obviously, you had fellow melanated people who were security guards, but that was it. No, like tourists. And I was like, it's either we're missing something, like, I don't know, Dior was a proper racist dude or something, and he slaughtered um, people in in the Congo or something. Maybe, I don't know, to get the diamonds. If it's something like that, then I totally get it, and we should have researched. Um, or it is a mindset thing, I said. It could be a mindset thing that, you know, people like us feel like we're not, we, we should be here. And I think, I really do think it's that. So it's easier to stay away because you, but it's like, if I, if I tap into that, then, you know, people cheat. It's a difficult one. I cannot go with the narrative because I'm trying to break these barriers. So that's why. Um. So we went into Dior and they were super friendly. You just have to like, you know, I me, I'm just like, Maybe because I work in a law firm, I literally talk to everyone how I talk to everyone here, there, wherever. So I don't, just because you're earning £600 an hour, I'm not going to treat you any different. I'm not going to explain to things much nicer than I'd explain to someone else who is on, like, the same wage or less than me. Like, no, me, I'll have to be fair. Like, I don't care what, who you are, you know? So... That's the way I see it with going into these stores. You just have to treat it like you're going to B&M, you're going to Chanel. Yeah, people go, oh, they're so different. Yeah, they're different. Like every other shop is different from every other shop. That's how you have to see it, really. Um, but yeah, it was pleasant, really. They're very friendly. And I think in... in but I do notice, like, in, in London, I don't feel like you could just go into it always like looking at you funny like and I think because that's in Paris that's where all these things are born and bred it is a tourist hotspot so you can go into these stores quite freely sometimes you have to queue 
but it's not like oh we need to check your bags we need to look you up and down seeing if what you're about kind of thing it's nothing like that so I do appreciate Paris for that because I don't get that same energy in London and there's places you're like "Mm, we shouldn't go like when you're going out with friends and stuff and you're like "Mm, shouldn't go there because you know they're going to act like this or not because you assume but because you know from experience and I don't know if if it happens if to other types of people but um if you're if you're quote-unquote ethnic then it's likely and yeah things like this don't really get spoken about so I just don't want you know people to feel like they can't go into certain stores because of what they represent and you know in terms of like the luxury or whatever I think we should all be able to go into these stores but um yeah so anyway after that um went to the um YSL museum that was smaller than the Dior one um, Dior one was very informative and stuff. However, I did notice, you know, there were, my sister was like, oh, where's all the men in, you know, in the photos? I said, we did spot one, and that was one with his housekeeper in the photo. I mean, she was included in, like, helping him decide something, what he should do for one of the brands or whatever, as with the others. So, I don't know his relationship with his housekeeper. I don't, but I do hope it was positive. However, it it is apparent that there wasn't many black people in, like, these things. But towards, like, say, the 90s, 80s, there was a lot of them being featured in modelling for Dior. So, um, yeah, quite a lot. And not just, like, the same stereotypical looking and by that I mean when you have someone who's with when it comes to modeling you'll have they like to do this thing where they'll have a dark skin model with shaven down hair and then they'd have maybe another dark skin model with with a weave or wig or they'll have really light skinned but there won't be anything in between like a medium brown with with mid-length waist hair or shoulder-length hair. There's never that. Like, if there is, I'd love to see it. I don't see it. So, like, personally, I cannot see things representing me because, for instance, I don't really wear wigs and weaves, so there's lack of representation there. Um, Yeah, so I, I thought that museum was interesting. It was okay. For me, I can't spend hours in a museum, so I see what I see and I, I I leave. But then, like, as we're leaving, you know, I mean, the security guard already saw us when we got in, but, like, he, he just kept chatting to my sister and chatting and chatting, and I was like, oh, what a go, what a go, kind of thing. And then eventually we, we did go, but I was like, can we go, kind of thing. And then she, you know, she's trying to talk to him in French and stuff. But then, um, you know, when she left, she was like, yeah, he kept looking at my chest and stuff. And I was like, oh, gosh, here we go again. And it's like, I feel like these people, they get excited to speak to us because they haven't seen anyone maybe who looks like us or they, 
they're happy that they're having conversation because there's not many representation in the workplace and it's much representation of workplace but it gets a bit you know too much sometimes and can I just mention the guy who who did what he did uh, the previous day to me he was um I think he was Italian and he said in French that he is an Italian who works in um in France I don't know how I understood that but I did um yeah, so it wasn't just like one particular race acting like this. I just wanted to clarify. But I just, it's just weird when you just feel like you go somewhere and you're the target in all kinds of messed up ways. Um, yeah, so that happened and I was just like, I don't know how much more over something I could be. And then, you know, we, we proceed to go home after that because... Uh, we were just tired from everything and mentally, physically. And then obviously the next morning, the thing happened with the guy at the window and I was just like, I'm over this. Like, why why do I not catch a break at this point, you know? I just, but I just wonder if anyone else has had these kind of experiences when they've gone away. Like, I mean, I, I aim to travel to discover the world for what it really is, not for what I've been told, because half the books we've been told are exaggerated lies. So I don't want to be that person. Like, And just because I hear something is something, I'm not going to be like, no, I need to go and experience it for myself. So this is, I mean, at least I know because I experienced it, you know. Um, I guess that's what I can take from these messed up experiences. However, there are some good things about Paris and France, which I mentioned, people do enjoy their jobs, they have enthusiasm, like, they're not like, oh, I don't want to be here, like, I don't know what it is in England, but, well, I do know what it is, like, Topical Juice mentioned it, it's just burnout, people constantly fighting to live, you know, working to live, living to work kind of thing, and it's like, you don't catch a break, and you're trying to do side hustles, and you're trying to do this and that, and you're like, Obviously, these things don't happen overnight. You know, it's a process and you have to juggle everything in one day and it's just you and you're trying to get an income, extra income because the job that you're in, you don't want to pay extra or doesn't want to give you that pay rise or and then you're trying to look for another job and it's, it's a process because you want a good old, you want a good job. You don't want a good job that, the aim is to be able to pay for all these bills and not feel like you can't socialise because there's been times in my life where I've, I've just been able to pay for stuff and not have any disposable cash for myself. And by disposable cash, it doesn't mean like, obviously with me, I, I budget, so I have a list of everything I need to pay for. Um, maybe people see disposable cash as like doing your hair, treating your, yourself and buying toiletries. But for me... Because I have to go to the hairdressers. I can't just not go and not get any treatments. And treatments, for those who don't know, steam, um, a hot oil treatment in the hair that the hairdresser will do. I mean, I could do it myself, but I don't I don't do it to their standard. And I I you know, sometimes I've done it and it's you know, my hair's come out dry and when they do it it's nice and soft, it helps your scalp and your pores and everything. You need to 
I, I don't know if like type one, two, three hair, well, type one to two hair, um, primarily in Caucasian, Asian, you know, people hair. I I don't know if that is a thing, a necessity, but for, you know, type four, type three, Afro kinky hair it is it's essential. Although a lot of people don't do it because of the expense, but like um, I have to do it, and that is not to me. That's not disposable cash. Although others who don't have to do that would see it as disposable cash. So there's all these different nuances, really, and like paying bills or having no issues with is obviously we have the cost of living crisis happening. And I'm just going to do what I need to do. Um, what goes up must come down. And that's all I'm going to say. It will come down and everyone will, will be fine. They can't keep going because at this point, it, people will need to take out debts, um, sorry, loans to cover an electricity bill. And the question is, what, what you got to think about is, is the electricity worth £500 a month? The answer is no. And in this country and other countries, but this country in particular, they like to put prices on stuff because they think the consumers will pay and they will have to pay. But do we have to pay? That is the question. If we could generate this stuff ourselves, which I'm sure we can do, if we just took the time to learn, we wouldn't have to rely on them. But that is another story that we could talk about another day. But yes, I just wanted to get it off my chest with the whole Paris thing. I mean, I had some good things, bad things that happened. And um, I'm glad I went there and I feel a lot better now Now I've let this off my chest in the right way. Um, but I hope it's, you know, it's it's useful to those who want to um, go to Paris. Um, like I say, if you ever want, if you ever hear about a certain country, you know, from, you know, the news or people at work or whatever, don't listen to them, go for yourself. Because that's the only way you're going to know what it is and what isn't, you know. And, um, yes, I do hope, you know, I learn from all these experiences and I just keep protected. And I pray those females who like to go, women who like to go to these places, you know, keep protected as well. And we continue travelling because I do feel travelling is the way forward in life. Okay, thank you for listening and I hope you have a lovely rest of your day. Thank you. Bye.